0: Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal.
1: And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor.
0: And to every person who has chosen to tune in today, thank you. We're so glad to have you with us. We hope you grab yourself a cup of tea or maybe in this summer heat, some iced coffee. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments. But first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's
1: rose? I feel like it was a bit difficult to come up with a thorn this week aside from the weather, which is (laughs) a continual topic of mention for us. Um, I'm so grateful for the cool early mornings, but if you have to be outside or in a vehicle during the middle uh, or the latter half of the day, it's just icky in my (laughs) opinion, at least, you know, for me, I'm I'm not a fan of the heat, but I am, again, I'm grateful for those cool mornings and I'm grateful that we don't have super high humidity. So those things make it certainly more bearable. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm an autumn And with winter weather person, so (laughs) (laughs) excited for the impending transition. Yes. So, um, but my rose is that my husband and I just celebrated the 10 year mark of the day that we started dating. So we've been married for six and a half years, but we've been together for 10 um, so it's wow. been cool to like look back on that last decade. Um, we took some time to share good food together to mark the occasion, as well as making space for a rich time of reflection and, and conversation, both considering and, and asking one another how we feel like we've grown and changed over the last mm. decade.
0: Oh, that's so fun. 10 years. That is quite an achievement. That's mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> well, uh, my thorn this week was... I'm going to be the one to say it, the weather, (laughs) the insanely hot summer weather that we are having, um, which we definitely don't have the worst of it here in LA. I've heard people talk about 115 degrees in other areas of the country, but, um, we have been dancing around the hundreds Mm. and, um, it's kind of relentless. And so it's, um, it's just been a little bit miserable, sadly. Um, I too am very much in, an autumn person. I'm comforting myself thinking about <laughs> October.
1: <laughs> Anticipation.
0: <laughs> yes. Hopefully 70 degrees. Um, but as for my rose this week I had the opportunity to go to a film festival this past weekend which was just on its own so much fun. But then I also got to see the trailer for my husband's new movie, Bright Side. Yeah. Uh, which we just finished filming a month and a half ago. And it was the most incredible feeling to see our hard work up on that big screen. There's just no feeling like that. Um, and to, to see it, uh, you know, the beginning of all of it coming together in, in the post-production phase of things, at least. So that was, that was quite a lovely rose. That's really exciting. Yeah. All right. So, just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it, get something from it, and make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers a subject of figuring out how to be an introverted wife with an extroverted husband. Dear Wallflower, I consider myself a middle-of-the-road introvert. I'm not afraid to initiate things, but I do have very limited social energy. Once I married my husband, who is an extremely extroverted extrovert, and then we had three kids, I found myself with less social energy than I ever expected. We have been married for 10 years and have a healthy relationship, but we find it a bit difficult to socialize together. It's tough for me to talk in a group dynamic with him. And he is a, he is a much more inclusive and collaborative talker. I, on the other hand, enjoy asking a lot more questions and listening in one-on-one settings. I find it hard to be put on the spot with questions. I understand that it's fine for us to each socialize in our own unique ways, but I would really like us to grow in being able to socialize in groups. I recently noticed that whenever we're at a party or church fellowship, we never really talk to the same people or talk in the same groups. I find myself avoiding it because it feels uncomfortable for me. Do you have any tips on how we can begin working on this? Thank you,
1: introverted wife. Jessica, what are your thoughts for our introverted wife today? This is such an interesting, intriguing, and honestly self-aware letter. I appreciate our writer's ability to see how she and her husband interact differently in large group settings, as well as her desire to see them as a couple grow in how they show up together in in these kinds of settings. Mm. It sounds to me like she desires two things. First, that she would like to, in general, get better at socializing in larger groups. And two, specifically that she and her husband could better interact with larger groups together, Mm -hmm. meaning talking to the same groups of people together rather than separating at uh, gatherings to talk with different people. Something I want to affirm is that it's okay for her and her husband to talk to different people at social gatherings. That's so true. (laughs) And we can see in her letter that she she gets this. And I just want to underline this point so you know while I certainly can see that she desires for them to grow in their ability as a couple to talk with the same groups together at the same time and this is a good desire I also want to give her permission to have those one-on-one or smaller group conversations while he interacts with larger groups Mm -hmm. having these differences in temperament is a good thing um, you're each able to pre- to be present with those at the gathering who are different from from one another, like you yourselves are from from one another, yeah, uh, I also think it's a
0: it's a nice um thing for a couple to it, like in a party setting or something like that, to be able to separate in the sense that they feel comfortable enough on their own, right and also comfortable enough with the other person going off and doing their own thing. I actually think that's a great thing. So I
1: think she should feel good about the fact that they have that side of things down. You
0: that's know what true. I mean?
1: Yeah, I think some people struggle with that aspect. They feel like they have to be tethered, you know, to mm-hmm. their yeah. spouse's hip, and somehow like that. Yeah, they can't be their own individual while also being mm-hmm. married. Yeah, I recognize that this underlying this point um, does not overlook. Um, The the good desire that our writer has about wanting to be able to converse better in large group settings, as good as it is to embrace that space of the smaller group so that one on one connections for which she is better wired, and in which she feels more comfortable. There will always come times when we will be in larger group settings. It is good to work on developing skills to help herself as an introvert navigate and even find enjoyment in these larger groups not to mention doing so alongside her husband. Mm -hmm. Our writer's question asks how we can begin working on this, meaning her and her husband working together. Mm -hmm. First, I'll pose a question in response. Is your husband aware of this desire? (laughs) I wondered the same thing. (laughs) And I'll follow up with another question. Have you talked with your husband both about your struggles to interact in group settings and your desire to improve in this area? Mm -hmm. This probably goes without saying, but in order to work on this together, you both need to be on the same page about what the struggles are and what the goals are before you can map out a path or a plan for how to work toward those mutually defined goals. Mm -hmm. Also, I'd like to ask, what is it that you expect from your husband in this matter? Start with being brutally honest with yourself about this and asking how the two of you can begin working on this. What do you expect from him or of him? Next, have you communicated this to him? Mm-hmm. Or how would you communicate this to him? Yeah.
0: Like, is there, is there really a way that she feels like her husband needs to grow or change? can she think about that? Or is there, is there something that she can say, yeah, I can point to this, that I really wish he would work on this, or is it something that she needs to do a little more self-reflection on?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. And with that in mind, self-reflection, I have a couple (laughs) of questions that she might be able to think through that will bring some thoughts to mind to help her prepare for, for that kind of conversation. So 1st why do you frame your question in terms of this as something that you can or need to work on together rather than as something that you as an individual need to work on? Mm -hmm. In other words, what part do you see him playing either in the quote problem or in the solution or the growth? Second, what kind of support do you need from him? And third, very interesting. I think that Kelia was hitting on this very telling. Is there anything you need him to stop doing or avoid doing? Mm-hmm. You say in your letter, it's tough for me to talk in a group dynamic with him. I wonder why that is. Is there something about the way he interacts with others that makes it even more difficult for you to become part of the conversation? Mm-hmm. As a personal example, while, while I am an introvert, my husband would actually typically identify as being more introverted than I am. What's more, I am both an external processor and I like the sound of my own voice. (laughs) So (laughs) I tend to dominate some conversations that we tend to be a part of as a couple, even in smaller groups of say four people. Hmm. So I've realized that I need to bite my tongue from time to time and allow him the opportunity to speak since I tend to jump in more quickly and cut off his opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I've even developed a greater awareness for um, kind of looking for cues for when he may have a thought or that I can even prompt him or or cue others into the fact that he might have something to say by asking a question like, did you have something that you wanted to share or did you have a thought? Because I think Mm -hmm. it could just be so easy when those of us who dominate conversation um, are just more comfortable (laughs) plowing through without realizing what others are doing around them. So I don't know if her husband has, you know, those kinds of tendencies as I shared for myself, but maybe this kind of example can help her to think through what things she might need to, to voice to her husband. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That is so self-aware. I mean, bravo, honestly, because I'm saying this as the person who will often not say anything because, Oh, I, I couldn't, quite get a word in edgewise. I, I guess I'll just stay quiet. So that's, that's very self-aware. That's amazing. So, and that's a great point for her to think about is, is that a dynamic that she's feeling? It, is this something that maybe she can, um, kindly bring up to her husband and say, Hey, you know, this is just something that I've been feeling. Let's talk about this.
1: hmm Right. So supposing that, um, for our writer, I'm going to to speak to her as you, supposing that you and your husband will be working together on this, I suggest that you begin by talking about the problem. Hmm. And depending on his disposition, you may want to prepare him for the conversation ahead of time, saying something like, hey, I'd like to take some intentional time to talk with you about how we interact with large groups together. Can we set aside some time this week for that? Uh, I think this can help to prepare him mentally. Again, I don't know your husband, but I have come to find that some sort of preparation, even if just with a sentence or two for context before you dive in um, and watching for cues to see if it's actually a good time to continue, um, that can help to avoid unnecessary surprise, defensiveness, or perhaps even a lack of seriousness. Mm. And then when you talk about the problem, as I say regularly, focus on using I-statements. statements Mm -hmm. Just describe what is difficult for you and what your hopes are. While you might need to communicate some things that are made more difficult for you because of something that your husband does or fails to do, seek to do so gently and um, share the truth about what's difficult in a way that will help him to be receptive. Mm -hmm. I don't think our, it doesn't sound like our writer's type person that would do this, but um, I would say just don't, don't level accusations at him or speak in a way that could make it sound like it's his fault that you're mm-hmm. struggling. Um, the next, if your husband is on board with working together toward better interacting as a couple with larger groups, discuss your goals together. Mm-hmm. You can certainly begin by sharing what you hope for, but also include him in deciding realistic and reasonable goals for you both to shoot for together. And then once you've come up with those um, and been able to articulate those goals, come up with a game plan. So how might you practice the next time you're in a group setting? What are some ideas you could have about what you want or need to do? So perhaps one thing you could work on is asking a a question of the group or Mm -hmm. another might be chiming in sooner than you typically used to. And feel free to start small here. You might just um, take the first couple of times and only have two boxes that you hope to tick, you know, asking a question once and chiming in once. And -hmm. I think as you experience success in those things and maybe up up the ante a little bit each time or you know after a few times, I I think you'll feel more confident and capable as you go along. Additionally, think about uh, what kind of support do you need from your husband and how do you build that into your game plan? You might have some suggestions or ideas, but perhaps start by asking him what his ideas would be. I think he may feel better about trying to act on them and may even be more successful at doing so if he is the one who comes up with the ideas himself. Yeah, because she even mentioned that her husband is very collaborative.
0: Mm -hmm. So it seems like he likes to have a a part in whatever is going
1: on. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then finally, I would say debrief after your opportunities to practice, so. Do this maybe on the drive home or the walk home from wherever you're gathering with others or set a time that works well soon afterward, so that you have the opportunity to talk about what went well, what didn't go so well, ideas for next time and so on. And try not to let too much time elapse because you'll want to have that recent, those recent interactions fresh on your mind in order to talk about Mm. what went well, what to change. I'll close by saying that It's just such a joy, I think, to receive letters from so many different women who are all desiring to live more fully and more richly into both their individuality and into their precious relationships, be it as a spouse or um, a friend, a mother. And to our introverted wife, I wish you well on your journey toward holding better group conversations alongside your husband. May you both um, make space for others and step out in courage for the mutual good and joy of all those involved. Absolutely. Oh, introverted wife, I
0: totally understand where you are coming from. I understand your feelings here, because mm-hmm. I too am a strong introvert who married a gregarious and charismatic and conversationally gifted extrovert. <laughs> And all of these are wonderful things, by the way. Um, but as our writer suggested, being so different from your spouse comes with a lot of positives, and I don't want to say negatives because I don't think that's what it is. But I think they are challenges and um, yeah. to grow. Yeah. And we're all well aware of the issues that can pop up between introverts and extroverts, right? So the introvert might say, "I'm ready to leave this party. I feel awkward." I'm tired. I can't string together another sentence. And the extrovert might say, this is really fun for me. I am enjoying getting to know this person or catching up with this person. And talking to people is pretty easy for me. So in times past, I, I really allowed my introversion to just completely rule over me. And I would always accommodate it. Um, mm-hmm. I would typically uh, like keep to myself unless someone else approached me. And even then, it was like, oh, why are you approaching me?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't just say I'm reading a book. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being honest. <laughs> I've gotten better.
0: Um, but I, I would get exhausted after about, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes of talking to someone that I didn't know that well. Um, I always felt out of the place. And then I would just leave without saying goodbye to anybody.
1: Hmm.
0: And then I married an extrovert, but not just any extrovert. I married an extrovert who was so good at people and conversations Mm. and felt comfortable no matter whom he was talking to. And so in in that way, my total opposite. Mm. And this was something that at times was like annoying for me because I was like, how are you so good at this thing that I, it feels like I'm like in another country and everyone's speaking a totally different language right now. Like, how are you so good at this (laughs) thing? But then it was also something that I really loved because he had something that I did not. Mm-hmm. And he knew how to do something that was so far from natural to me. So figuring out how to socialize together took a lot of practice and learning. But if I'm honest, probably mostly on my end, because for me, it was all pretty foreign and it was me stepping into a world Um that he was already part of, you know? Yeah. So all this to say, I can understand where a writer is coming from. And I, I totally understand feeling really put on the spot by questions and um, feeling like your styles of socializing are just so different. And I am glad that you noted that it's okay to have different styles of socializing. And as Jessica said, it is okay to go off and talk to different people, but how can you make those styles come together? How can you build them together or meld them together to feel less separated from him when you're socializing in group settings? So my first thought has to do with what you mentioned your strength or your comfort zone was, which is you like one-on-one interactions where you ask someone questions and you listen, right? And, um, You didn't exactly say what your husband's comfort zone is, but it sounds like it might be just talking to a small group and, you know, being very kind of interactive. Um, So my suggestion here is if you're looking to socialize with the same group of people, if that's an important step for you, um, would be, so for example, if you're talking to another couple, maybe while the husbands are talking, you can ask the wife a question and break off into your own conversation with her. And that way you're still building a relationship with the couple together, but you're having your own kind of one-on-one conversation. You're getting to know the wife a little bit better. Um, And so you're doing it in a way that will allow you to connect with one person instead of just feeling like, you know, just another face in the group. And I I do this all the time in social situations. I have other women do it to me. So I think that's a really great kind of... um, tool for when you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed being in the in the group, break off and find someone, one person that looks a little bit friendly to you, start a conversation with them, and then you'll join back into the group conversation. Um, but my second thought is, and I know this will be a challenge, um, maybe it's worth it to step outside of your comfort zone. So I know you mentioned that you are not a fan of being put on the spot with questions, neither am I. But this is also just how people connect. I mean, Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you enjoy asking other people questions. So I'm not entirely sure what that looks like, whether that's, you know, being in a group with your husband and someone in the group asks you how the kids are, or if you've seen a TV show, but I think it would be good to exercise this muscle and challenge yourself to answer the question the way that you would hope someone that you're asking the question would answer the question back. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I say this, um, as someone who's had to make this choice a lot to step out into an uncomfortable situation, um, even just a situation that drains my energy, you know, and learn how to let it affect me less. And this isn't to say that I'm no longer an introvert or I don't, still have a limited supply of people energy, but I choose, I chose to learn how to socialize with my husband in a way that was me stepping into the world, um, that I wanted to be part of. I just didn't know how, because I think this is what this writer and I might have in common here is, um, and Jessica even touched on this when she asked, you know, does your husband know that this is something that you really want to work on? It seems that this is a, an issue that she is noticing that she wants to work on and she wants to step into this world. So this is the way that I have um, learned how to, um, so I think it could be a good challenge for yourself to join his world the next time you're at a party, um, or talking to, you know, a group of people at church. And if someone puts you on the spot with a question, answer it and ask the question back. And I promise this gets a lot easier, the more that you practice it.
1: I'm curious, Kelia, since you, um, sounded like you were joining in to a lot of Nathan's conversations in the sense of seeing that he was gifted in that area and you were kind of the one that needed to adapt and come mm-hmm. into that space. Were there particular things that you felt like he was able to do to help support you? I'm just, I don't know if you would have talked <laughs> with about it, um, intentionally, <laughs> like, like this writer is asking, or maybe that you were more focused and he, was, you know, a presence in terms of supporting you? Like, what did that journey look like? <laughs> How dare you put me on the spot with a question? I know, part. I was <laughs> just thinking, I'm going to put her on the spot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the answer is yes. So, um, thankfully, my husband is just a very, um, you know, emotionally and um, intuitive person. He's he's a very just kind of aware person, self-aware, others-aware and so he knew that this was um, an issue that I faced. And um, so that was that was a nice thing that it was like, okay, he's already aware of this. But yeah, I, I would talk to him about it and be like, you know, I just, I, I get there and I, you know, um, talk myself up on the way. And then I get there and it's like, everything just completely leaves. And I, I don't know how to talk. I don't know what to say to them. What, no, that sounds stupid. I can't say that, you know? And so he would um, sit with me and say, okay, let's, we actually, we did this not that long ago. We had like a fake conversation where he was like, okay, so you're at coffee with a girl. She says this, he's like, I'll be the girl. And like, we talked about it. I was like, yeah. So like, how do I make the conversation like flow more naturally? Cause I'll be like, this is where I always get stuck, you know? And so we talked about it and he was like, this is what I do. So, you know, you be the girl now, now I'll be you. And this is what I would have said. And like, this is how I get a conversation to flow naturally. And so, um, yeah, it's it's kind of like about communicating with him. This is something that I'm feeling. And mm-hmm. like in social situations, and even like when he's there, you know, this is something that I really struggle with. It's like, you know, I, I want to be part of the group. I don't know how, da-da. And so having him be aware of that, he, um, yeah, he makes an effort to say like, oh, and this is my wife, Keely, and then, you know, and he, he'll introduce me. But it's also a lot on me to just be my own person and like be the person that chooses to step out and be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be friendly here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, th- and this actually leads me to my last thought. Um, and so this is not just for our, um, for our writer. This is for every introvert and this is me reminding myself, communicate. Your husband is on your team and he probably wants you to be able to socialize with him. But he can't just know necessarily what is going on for you if you don't tell him. Um, He can't know what, you know, tires you out or stresses you out if you won't say it. He won't know that necessarily that you want to work on socializing together if you don't talk to him about it. So, Communicate with your husband. And this is something that I'm still learning. Everyone's still learning, right? Especially introverts. But tell him what's hard for you. Be upfront what you struggle with. Tell him how you want to grow. Um, how you would like your socializing to look as a couple. If there's anything that he can do to help you grow in that way, um, ask him for his thoughts. As you know, we said earlier, her husband, it sounds like he's very collaborative, right? Mm -hmm. He would probably love to share his thoughts. Um, Make this a collaborative effort instead of keeping it all to yourself, you know? Help him help you. So um, yeah, this is an issue that I've seen every introvert struggle with, but I really think just being open with her husband about her concerns and her struggles with socializing will
1: allow him to step into her world and then bring her out into his as well. I, like the beauty like you said of with you and Nathan like leaning into what his strengths are and enabling mm-hmm. him to speak in and say oh well this is how I do it like it's not going to be as natural for her as it is for him but for him to be able to share his experience it might help her to realize oh maybe that's not as hard as i thought maybe maybe i am capable of that i think there's just something when when we don't experience something as easy we assume we're not capable or something, yes. you know? So to be able to have someone else's perspective and say, oh, well, you know, I just don't really think about it that much. I just kind of do this kind of thing. And then you realize, oh, well, if I kind of quote reverse engineered that and like looked at how I could do that intentionally, mm-hmm. maybe I could actually learn that skill and it could become a little bit more second nature. So exactly. I love, I love that idea of like seeing how they both have their own richness to bring and how they can learn from each other. Exactly, yes. Um,
0: yeah, because I, I have often felt like, oh my gosh, you know, um, talking in social situations is just this like formula that I just don't have the formula, you know, I can't figure, I can't crack the code. Right. And so sitting down with him and saying, this is where I get really stuck and I don't know what to say next, or like, I don't know what they want me to say, um, listening to him go, okay, well, I mean, this is how I think about it. And, you know, this conversation leads to that and that, and, you know, and not being too proud to be like, yeah, honestly, help me. I don't know what to do here. Um, being married to an extrovert is such a blessing, honestly, as an introvert. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm glad that our writer sees that there is, um, a value in in the different ways that they socialize, but I hope that, um, I hope that she can challenge herself to step into his world, allow him to collaborate with her, be open with him and communicate with him. Um, and I hope that we were able to offer her some, some, some things to think about and chew on. All right. It is time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what
1: is your suggestion this week? Today, I am recommending an episode from another podcast, The Art of Manliness. (laughs) And I know the irony is not lost on me. I must admit I do occasionally and happily listen to the Art of Manliness podcast. Um, evidently not everything would draw my interest or does draw my interest, but there are a number of really good episodes that are terrific for human beings in general, not just men. Plus, did you know that we actually have some men that listen to Dear Wallflower? We um, do. Yes. Yes. Shout out. At least Hello. I know I know at least two. Hello, two men that are that are not Nathan. <laughs> um Plus, oh, I said that part. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> thanks to those men. Anyway, sorry. Back <laughs> to my point here, recommending a recent episode, number nine, 909, okay. about this concept of how to master what are called transitions. So for example, transitioning from work to home or from one kind of task or conversation to another. I found this episode just so helpful and practical for my my own life. Mm-hmm. I've already begun to practice making effective micro transitions, and I anticipate reaping additional rewards as I continue to develop these skills. I also feel like this could be helpful for our writer, as a concept such as tra- you know transitioning from one kind of conversation or a location or type of thing, you know, brain space, as it were, um, Mm -hmm. could be really helpful for her to like get prepare herself for who do I want to be? How do I want to show up in this Mm. large group? So that's great.
0: It does, it does sound like the art of manliness has some, some good, just all around human tips. Oh yeah. Okay. We'll have to check (laughs) that out. (laughs) Um, this week I'm suggesting a book by Agatha Christie called the murder of Roger Ackroyd. So I absolutely love mysteries. I read and watch a lot of mysteries. Um, So I like to think that I've gotten to a point where I can figure out a fair amount of them. Mm -hmm. But this book had me guessing the entire time. And it's probably the best mystery that I've ever come across. Wow! Agatha Christie is the queen of mystery, but I especially love her Poirot mysteries. And for those who don't know, Poirot is um, this little very peculiar Belgian detective character of hers um, who's just so lovable. But anyway, this book is probably my favorite of hers that I've read. So if you two like a little bit of mystery and are looking for something new, try out The Murder of Roger Roger Ackroyd by Agatha Christie. All right, to wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners
1: find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, on Instagram at Jessica J Schroeder, and my new Substack at Jessica J com.
0: And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to Dear Wallflower at WallflowerJournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.